When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everybody, these are tough times at the moment aren't they for Everton Football Club, defeated the weekend, turmoil in the boardroom, um, a fan base that is completely and utterly broken from the club's hierarchy now, protests at the weekend, more planned for West Ham and the team seemingly going in one direction as well. Uh, we recorded our subscribers weekly show yesterday. It did go on for around about an hour. It was myself, Dan Vane, Les Roberts and Dave Downey. We spoke a lot about what happened off the pitch at the weekend and what's happened in the subsequent days with reports from Everton and with statements from the police. Uh, the statements from Everton on Monday night came out after this was recorded, so we didn't discuss that. Um, but I'm sure you get the gist when you listen to this anyway. So here's what Dan Les and then Dave had to say about matters that transpired on the pitch and off the pitch over the weekend. If you want to listen to this in full, that is part of our Blue Room Extra service. It's patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra. The link is in the description if you want to come and get involved. There will be a lot of content on there over the next few days and weeks as we build up to what is going to be a big game against West Ham and then who knows what else the way things are going at the moment. So if you want to listen to this in full, the link is in the description. Hopefully we'll see you over there. If not, hope you enjoy this segment. I listened to the last 15 minutes in my car outside work before I started my shift on Saturday. And then I went into work and we were very busy. So my mind was taken away from most of it. I knew we'd lost, you know, I, I was aware of what had happened. And in the morning leading up to the game, we had all the statements and all the, the stuff like that. So I got out of work at half 12 and I've got a 45 minute drive home back to where I live. And I actually listened to the post-match on my way home in the car. And I had this really peculiar feeling as I got out of my car, which was, I remember talking to you, Les, years ago about how jealous I was about you taking your, your lads to the game, you know, and how I'm never going to get that with my boy because he hates football. He absolutely despises football. And his middle name is Goodison, you know. And I got home on Saturday night after a seven, eight hour shift in the restaurant. And I thought, do you know what? I'm really glad he hates football. I'm really glad he doesn't want anything to do with this. I'm really glad that he doesn't have to go through this. Maybe he hates it because he sees the way it makes me feel. Maybe he hates it because he, see, he sees the way it makes me ruins my weekends and stuff and then today just as we're all trying to digest the multitude of incidents on Saturday the 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 statements the crowd the poor performance the failure to realize that their only threat is Jamie Ward Prowse he's their only threat he's the best free kick taker in the country that's all he does all the things we had to digest, all the things we had to mull over, all the things we had to pick apart, all the minutiae, everything that's happened, 
this season and then today just before we're about to do this that statement comes out and the whole thing just just as the embers are starting to smolder just as the fire is dying down someone's poured petrol on it again and it's just it's a roller coaster that I'm so desperate to get off I've been sick all over myself <laughs> do you know what I mean I've been sick on the people next to me I've been sick on the people behind me I want to get off now I'm done you know and it's just it it, it it can never ever a friend of mine texted me last night who's a Newcastle fan to ask if I was okay because he's been through this and he understands and he actually texted me and said I've seen your your Twitter timeline and I think it's consuming you too much. <laughs> he said, I used to like it. I used to like it when you posted pictures of beer and your ridiculous, you know, sous vide slow cooked pork recipes. He was like, please, can we have that, Dan, back? Because I'm frightened for this one. <laughs> just talking about a roller, just talking about a roller coaster there, Dan. I think it's yeah. like that, um, that video, isn't it, where someone gets hit in the face by a pigeon or a seagull? When they're on the roller coaster, <laughs> it, it kind of it kind of feels a bit like that. It's just, I, I think as Matt said, I'm yeah. looking at the tweet for this episode. I don't even know where to start with it. I mean, Saturday it was one of those must win, but don't necessarily need to win it games. I think Mosey put it best on a post match when he said it. He didn't consider it a must win because of the point of the season that it's at, which is fair enough. But it was kind of a must not lose, if only if only from the standpoint of you know the impact it would have on the fans and have on the team. And we went and lost it. And uh, you know, as Dan said, to, to their only sort of credible threat, we let him waltz into the box with the first goal, and then we let him hit a free kick. But that's enough football talk because everything else that went around it overshadowed what was a terrible game and a terrible result. From from the minute they said they weren't turning up because of security concerns. Everyone was on the back foot and everyone had the back up because it was it was accusing us of being violent towards the board. And then all the people in the press came up and regurgitated their little press release that they put out. And again, it's just putting more pressure on the fans who had orchestrated not which has got this has been like kind of lost and everything. Orchestrated a coach welcome, by the way, for the players to try and recapture a little bit of what we had towards the end of last season. Now, it took a lot for people in the current circumstances to go out and do that because, as I said, this wasn't in the same... The game didn't have the same gravity as those towards the end of last season because of the timescale involved. So it took a lot for people to go and do that. And they went and did it. And it didn't have the desired effect. And even that's been turned on its head by some journos saying um, there was a terrible atmosphere before kickoff and the players felt threatened. They didn't feel threatened last year. They wouldn't have felt threatened this year. There was no overt threats to any board member in any of the literature that I read about any of the protests. It was all peaceful, quiet sitting, support the team, sack the board. That was that was the overriding message. And they bottled it. And then they made it even worse an hour before kickoff by putting out that, that statement about the headlock, which may or may not be true. But if it is true... No one comes out of this well because they've either sat on it for a week so they can use it for maximum effect to, to sort of shout down a protest or it didn't happen the way they said it did and it wasn't worthy of reporting to the police. So it, no one comes out of this well. And then as you've seen before, I think, Dan, you were alluding to that that statement then that the police have come out and said, um, no one said anything to us. 
about any sort of assault. You know, it's it's a massive thing to, to, to get like anyone in a headlock in that environment. It, it, even saying it, it sounds ridiculous, but to get anyone in a headlock in that environment is mad, let alone a woman who's about what, five foot four and she's what, in her 50s. It's just, it beggars belief. I don't believe it, to be honest. I'll say that now. I don't, I don't believe it. It might be true. But if it is, no, again, no one comes out of that well because the club didn't report it when they should have done. And it, it's come out in, in bizarre circumstances that look like a cynical attempt to sort of um, pour damp water on what was a peaceful protest. This is really difficult for us all to discuss the, the entirety of issues that's going on with this club. But very much at the top of this, like we've started with on, on this show, has been how how ridiculous this sounds. And I think what Dan put it so perfectly well about the way in which people have conducted themselves inside the club, the board itself, the silence that comes from it. Um, I, I also think as well today that the, 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 the police's statement actually makes it look even worse. Um, and and like I think of what 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 you've said there about how that person that does something like that that's brought out and I'm not going to say made a fool of, but they are that is out there to know what has happened. It's out there to know what somebody has somebody has done something the way in which they have. Um, that that naturally happens. That's a way of the way people conduct themselves when a crime has happened at the level of a Premier League football club. For that to allegedly happen to her and nothing has come out at all from those people, from the board that hasn't attended uh, on, on Saturday because of the threat in inverted commas pointed towards them. That that just doesn't it just doesn't measure up, doesn't it? It doesn't it doesn't make sense. That's why I'm so I'm even more convinced that that did not happen. And I think it's been used quite quickly, somebody said. PR department, whoever it was, somebody has said or claimed to say to them, look, we need to make sure we're not at this game. We need to make sure that the narrative we put out there makes it certain that the fans have caused this. And look, you've spoiled everything for everybody because the club is now in turmoil because we're not allowed to go to the ground. We don't have to make any immediate decisions, even based on the team and Lampard, which unfortunately is at the bottom of this list, isn't it? And given what what they say has happened, that that to me is is so alarming that it convinces me even more that this club's going to go down because you've got nobody, nobody who's going to take account of this. Rather than Michelle writing a shitty letter and going on to chat on to Jim White with the deluded nonsense that he came out with last week, where your question was, where does this end? Where does this start? I I don't think there's a structure at which where this can get better. If you're machine, well, it's alarming that it is machine anyway, but even the most efficient club owners and boards, uh, clubs, how on earth would they even start to fix this mess? I don't know. What announcement would you make if you're the football club now, if you're an owner now? How do they even make it back to being and, and doing their jobs on the board? I don't know how that happens. How do they even get back to watch a game at Goodison now? Because they caused it all themselves, and there's not absolutely nothing to do with fans. The other thing you added, and I know you're going to get on to talk about it, is you know you, you've got a few clowns going out into the the into the streets afterwards, trying to stop players from driving home and all that. We absolutely condone that as much as we condone Con- if it was damn, condemn it. <laughs> well, condemn it. Condone it. I am losing my mind with this football club, but you know 
he, he gets to know <laughs> when these issues happen. Why is nobody taking account there? You know, when when they've seen those those like Auntie Gordon trying to drive out, me and just trying to go home and get a tea with his kids, and and some lad slapping his arm saying he should be captain, and all of that stuff is happening. Who who should be the person that speaks about that? Comes out, makes a comment, says this person is is banned. If there's been things thrown, I mean, you look at the way Gordon. None of us, none of us want that to happen. None of us are saying, oh, you know, the, the, the protest side of it. You want to sit in there and protest, yeah? Do it peacefully. That's why there's a difference between peace, peaceful protests and none. And look, a few spoilers for the many, of course, but now we're in a situation where who, who at Everton comes forward to try and solve any of this? And that's why, so sadly, football-wise, which is the lesser of things to speak about, as I mentioned then, I don't understand how we get out of trouble in that regard as well as what's happened off the pitch. Sports Social Podcast Network.